Monica. And I'm Esther. And, and we're, we're the Fact Detectives. We love investigating cool facts about cool stuff. And we do that by speaking to the experts. Smart grown-ups who know all the cool facts about everything. While we love getting questions about things like dinosaurs and exotic animals, sometimes we get sent questions about everyday things that make us really curious. Yeah, Maverick would like to know how cars work. Lucky for Maverick, that's one of my passions. Hi, Matilda. Hi, Fact Detectives. Matilda is a curator of engineering with the History and Technology team at the museum's Victoria Research Institute. I sure am. I've always been curious to find out how things work. Great! Tell us everything you know about cars. Well, that is a massive topic. I'm not sure we can cover everything, but we can give it a go. What's your first question? Fact one! How do cars work? How do they move? If you lift the hood or a bonnet of a car, you can see the engine inside. All cars have an engine or a motor, which is basically a machine that converts either heat or electrical energy into mechanical energy to make a car move. The inventors and first users of cars often rode bicycles first, and there are some similarities with how things work. How do you make a bicycle move? You sit on the seat and put your feet on the pedals and push down. Yes, and what are the pedals connected to? The chain. That's right. And what is the chain connected to? The wheels. Yep. Sometimes there are gears as well. And you will see a cable going along the frame from the handlebars to the rear wheel to change gears. So a car is similar, but different. On a bicycle, you are the engine. But for a car to move, it needs fuel, not legs. And of course, today there are different kinds of engines. Let's start with what's called an internal combustion engine which uses a combination of heat and a bunch of mechanical parts. That sounds complicated. Well, it is a little bit, and all the parts inside an engine have their own names. Internal combustion engines in cars need some sort of fuel to make it work. Petrol, diesel or liquefied petroleum gas, or LPG. What we call petrol in Australia is known as gas or gasoline in the United States. These fuels are known as fossil fuels. Does that mean they're literally made of fossils? Yes, but over millions of years, these fossils turned into oil, which is found underground. Then the oil gets extracted and further refined to make the fuels and other things. Engines have pistons that move along inside metal tubes called cylinders. Remember the bicycle? Your legs move up and down to turn the pedals. In a car, pistons are connected via rods, which are a bit like your shins, to a crankshaft, and they move to spin the engine's crankshaft, the same way that your legs spin the bikes. And this powers the bike's drive wheel or the car's drive wheels to move. Depending on what kind of vehicle it is, there could be between two or 12 cylinders in its engine, with a piston moving inside each of them. So in a petrol engine, inside the cylinder with the piston, the petrol gets mixed with air, compressed by the piston, and then it gets ignited or set on fire by a spark from a spark plug. In a diesel engine, once the mixture of air is compressed, the mixture self-ignites. This creates a tiny explosion, which makes an expanding gas to make the engine's pistons move. 
Wait, did you say explosions? Yes, there are thousands of tiny contained explosions happening in the engine. But don't worry, they are totally safe. Fact two! What about electric cars? How do they work? They work in a different way. They use electrical energy, which is stored in battery packs to turn the electric motor connected to the wheels which move the car. An all-electric car does not have an exhaust pipe because it does not need to get rid of any expanding gases, like in an internal combustion engine. Some electric cars are called hybrids, and they have both an internal combustion engine and an electric motor. Hybrid cars still need an exhaust pipe. They still need to get rid of those expanding gases from the internal combustion engine. And some use their internal combustion engine to charge the battery for the motor, while others charge the battery from an external source. You need to charge up the battery of an electric car by plugging it into a power source. This could be from a charging station, or if you're lucky enough to have solar power on your roof, you could be charging up your car at home. Electric vehicles have fewer moving parts than a vehicle that requires a fossil fuel, and they are a lot cheaper to run. But right now, they are more expensive to buy. Could a car be powered by solar power? Theoretically, yes, and inventors and engineers have been trying to realise this dream for decades. The first solar-powered car was invented in 1951. That's over 70 years ago. What happened? Why aren't we driving solar cars? Well, the technology wasn't good enough to make it happen. There are things like clouds, night, small batteries and solar cells that weren't very efficient. But things could be changing. One company in California has created a futuristic, three-wheeled, ultra-aerodynamic electric vehicle which is covered in solar cells. It might not be for sale right now, but it may not be far off into the future. It's not just about making cars faster and more powerful, but about looking at them in more holistic ways, like considering the aerodynamics, how heavy the vehicle is, what it's made of, and how all of these things work together to get people from one place to another when they want and in the most energy-efficient way possible. Fact three. Are cars bad for the environment? You've probably heard of climate change, right? Yes. Well, petrol made from fossil fuels is bad for the environment and also for us. Why? When fossil fuels are burned, they release large amounts of carbon dioxide, or CO2, into the air. CO2 is also known as a greenhouse gas. A greenhouse is a kind of shed used in gardening to grow things like tomatoes, and they get very hot, which is good for particular plants because it helps them grow and ripen. But greenhouse gases are not good for our planet because they trap heat in our atmosphere, and this causes our planet to warm up, which leads to a lot of problems. Electric cars are super quiet and don't smell compared to cars that need petrol. A lot has improved with internal combustion engine design over many years to make the exhaust fumes from petrol or diesel cars contain less pollution, but there are almost 1.5 billion cars in the world today. And if we could switch them to being powered by renewable energy, that would make a huge difference to our planet. Why is it taking so long for electric cars to be invented? You might be surprised to know that there were steam-powered cars and electric-powered cars before those powered by internal combustion engines. But at that time, over 120 years ago, 
most people were used to travelling by foot, bicycle, train or by horse and carriage. Buyers of the newly invented cars were rich people who loved the freedom that they'd experienced with bicycles, of travelling to their own schedule and without the need to look after horses. But because they were so new, there were strict rules for cars. There was a time very early on when they were not allowed to go faster than walking pace and someone had to walk in front with a flag to warn other road users. Seriously? Yep, that was a thing. Fact four. How have cars changed cities? Great question. A lot, in fact. How do you think people got around before cars? Bikes? Horses? Yes, and they walked too, and caught trains. The roads were often pretty rough and made of dirt. In fact, those early cyclists worked hard to get better roads to travel on, which was useful for everyone, and especially useful once the cars came along. If you rode into town on your horse, you had to have somewhere to tie it up. You had to give it food and water and take care of it. The person who imported the very first petrol-powered car into Australia 120 years ago had to import their own petrol supply too. In cities, there were horse-drawn buses and horse-drawn trams. Wow! Then, over 100 years ago, someone had the idea of making cars on an assembly line instead of just one car at a time. This made cars cheaper to build and not just for people with lots of money. Now that cars were more affordable, there needed to be places where you could fill them up with fuel. Petrol stations? That's right, or gas stations if you live in other parts of the world. So these started popping up everywhere. Car parks were invented and roads were improved. In Australia in the 1950s, cars became more affordable. But if a family could afford or even wanted a car, it was usually just the one car, not two. Oh! What do you think got invented then for houses? Um, a driveway? Yes, and often a garage or a carport, a place to put the car. Wow! Streets and suburbs and the city would have looked so different without cars. You're right, they did. Fact five! When were seatbelts invented? Good question. As cars became more common on roads and streets, and they went faster, they needed a way to keep the passengers safer. In the early days, maybe safety wasn't the main priority. Different people had ideas about how to put power to the wheels and a way of being carried along. Some of these ideas included adding an engine to a four-wheeled cart or even to a bicycle. Then over 130 years ago, an engineer came up with a very neat idea that had three wheels. This version looked like a big tricycle with one wheel at the front and two at the back. It had no doors, windows or a roof though. And those early cars were slow compared to today. No way! Now on to seatbelts. They were actually first used in aeroplanes. The pilots needed to stay in place in their seats because they were going fast. And some were even doing aerial acrobatics, like flying upside down. Just over 60 years ago, in 1959, an engineer at Volvo created the modern seatbelt for cars. The seatbelt idea from aeroplanes was adapted to make it easy for people in cars to put on. They were tested and proved to make such a big difference to safety. So much so that the company put them in their own cars and spoke to governments and other car manufacturers everywhere in the world 
to encourage modern seatbelts to be fitted to all cars. Cool! But in Australia, it took five more years before they were fitted into cars and 11 more years before seatbelts were made compulsory. That means that everyone had to wear a seatbelt by law. Cars today have lots of features like air conditioning, GPS so we can easily find where we're going, the destination is on your left, radios and technology to listen to music, and podcasts like this one, and lots more. What about windscreen wipers? Windscreen wipers weren't on the first cars. They didn't even have a windscreen. At that time, cars were really only driven when the weather was nice. Hand-operated windscreen wipers were invented by a woman called Mary Anderson. She was a passenger who noticed that the driver of a tram had to keep getting out to clear snow off so they could see where they were going. So Mary came up with a solution that could wipe the screen by moving a handle from inside. Anyone can make small improvements that make a big difference. It's about noticing a problem and being motivated to come up with a solution. Awesome! Today, we put a key in the ignition and turn it to start the car. And some newer cars just have a button. But the very first cars had to be started with a hand crank that was directly connected to the engine. You had to hold it and turn it around a few times and hope that the engine started smoothly. I really appreciate being able to start a car with a turn of a key or by pressing a button. We have a couple of old vehicles in the museum collection that you need to start by turning a crank with your hands very fast and it's really hard work to get them going. Try this at home! Get out some pencils or textures and some paper to draw on. Now imagine what your own version of a car would look like. How many wheels would it have? How many doors and windows? What colour would it be and what shape? How would it be powered? Draw or write down all the features you would want it to have. I've got some ideas. Me too! Let's get started! Thanks, Matilda. My pleasure, Fact Detectives. This has been another awesome episode of the Fact Detectives with me, Esther. And me, Annika. Big thanks to Matilda Vaughan, who is the Curator of Engineering with the History and Technology team at the Museum's Victoria Research Institute. And big thanks to Maverick, who asked us to investigate cars. If you like finding out the facts as much as we do... And if you have a big topic you'd like us to investigate... Then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au This episode of The Fact Detectives is a Kindling co-production with ScienceWorks. To find out more about the world around you, head to museumsvictoria.com.au